0: Every sales leader is being looked at for, if you're in a sales leadership role, your team is looking to you for guidance, direction, and coaching.
1: Huan Song here, trainer at Soco Sales Training. And today on the podcast, we discuss sales leadership and what it takes to effectively manage a sales team. Tom Abbott had a chat with Elizabeth Frederick from Criteria for Success, about leadership and management, and I'm stepping in to ask her questions. By the way, for all the sales leaders out there, we have a brand new Management Mastery course for you, where we cover the essentials of managing and leading teams during this time. Visit socoacademy.com for more information, and the link is in the show notes. Enjoy the episode! Thank you so
0: much it's a real thrill to be here I am looking forward to talking uh, all things sales leadership Where did you develop this passion for sales? Yeah well thanks for that I mean that's that's a great question uh, Wow where do I start? <laughs> I mean I've always been a huge fan of business sales, marketing, professional development. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I remember being about 12 years old, I would be reading uh, uh, issues of Psychology Today magazine because I was so interested in what's going on in people's minds. I mean, why do we do the things we do? Why do we behave in the way that, that we behave? So I would read all these you know, uh, personal development articles, these professional development articles, and I was just passionate about it. And then as I was going through school, then I started to gravitate towards these types of courses, whether it was psychology, sociology, political science, I mean, all of the, the, these types of you know humanities types courses. I was always interested in people stuff. I took some, some counseling programs to learn how to be a professional counselor, and then that sort of evolved into professional speaking and training and coaching, and then I got accredited as a coach, so everything was was all connected. But my passion was always business. Sales, marketing, business development. And that kind of led me into a sales career, and I was a top performing financial services representative in, in Canada. Uh, I'm from Vancouver and I lived in Montreal, I lived in Ottawa. So I had some success in sales, both B2B, B2C, all kinds of industries. And then of course that kind of merged. So my passion and my expertise for sales and business with my, I guess, experience and acumen Uh, And then before you know it, I started becoming more of an expert in that space. I've since written a couple of books on the topic of sales. Uh, We relocated from from Vancouver to Singapore uh, over 10 years ago, set up our company SoCo Sales Training, and SoCo stands for the Sales Optimization Company. And in the last decade or so, we've been working with great multinational brands that are headquartered here in uh, in asia pacific so i typically travel to 10 or 15 countries throughout the year and delivering sales training programs with our team and motivating audiences for sales kickoffs keynotes these types of things launches Uh, in fact i've spoken to audiences as large as twelve thousand people so uh, this is this is my calling this is my passion and i love all things sales
1: how did you help your sales reps convince prospects on the concept of training
0: you know, it's a combination of of convincing, which is influence, persuasion, negotiation, as well as coaching. So, to be quite honest, when I'm working with, with with my sales team, and also when we're when we're training sales teams, I really tried to get them to see themselves in the role of of a coach or advisor or consultant uh, as much as they are in in the role of being a salesperson. Because at the end of the day, I honestly believe that you can't. And I will say this again, you cannot make someone buy something they don't think they need or want. And if you do that, what you're doing is you're actually, you know, coercing them or putting some unnecessary pressure on them. And look, you might close a a, a deal today, but you certainly won't have a satisfied, happy customer and you certainly won't have them coming back for more, let alone referring new business to you. So at the end of the day, it's really about kind of coaching them and helping them uncover what are the biggest challenges they're facing, what are some things that they've tried in the past to overcome it, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and what could they try next. And if by presenting your offering, that's consistent with what they're looking to achieve in terms of their goals, well, now you've got yourself a great fit.
1: What are some of the best practices for building a foundation for sales leadership within an organization?
0: Well, I think the foundation, I mean, it really starts with uh, knowing the distinction between leadership and management, mm-hmm. okay? I think that, that's, that's a big thing, and, and we tend to use those words synonymously. So you hear this quite often, and in fact, when we're doing programs, we have a program called Management Mastery, and, and it's geared towards sales leaders, sales managers, and aspiring leaders and managers, you know, people that are being groomed for those positions. Uh, but at the end of the day, those are two really, if you want to unpack it, They're two very, very different things. And I've had some debates with people about that and they kind of clump it all in together. But but in my experience, uh, a leader, okay, a leader, and you think about political leaders, global leaders, religious leaders, spiritual leaders, corporate leaders, a leader needs to have the ability to inspire people, really. Mm -hmm. So a leader has to be able to inspire people, a leader has to be able to... Move people to take some sort of action. That's that's leading, right? And in a perfect world, they're leading from the front. I mean, they're 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 there. They're 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 in the trenches. They're doing something. They're mm-hmm. they're walking the talk. They're a role model, right? So that's to me, that's leadership. And part of that is having vision. So leaders have vision. Leaders have a strategy, a game mm-hmm. plan. All right, they have this big picture uh, mission or vision that they would like the organization to to follow or a vision of how the world should be. So they're, they're visionaries. That, to me, that's leadership. Now a manager, when you think about it, now I've gone from leader to manager and I could tell my tone probably went down a little bit, I'm like, a manager. And there's nothing at all wrong with being a manager. But let's face it, managers manage the process. They manage things. So they're about execution more than strategy. I mean, let's be honest. Most sales leaders on this session here that are listening are not responsible for setting the strategic course for the organization, really. Most of them are responsible for managing their sales staff, making sure that their staff do what needs to be done, follow the SOPs, hit the KPIs. That's management, and that's a super important role. We need people to manage that process. But it's really around managing people, managing processes, as opposed to setting the strategic direction. What markets do we need to go into? Do we need to focus more on retention, uh, getting new customers, new product development? I mean, there's you know, myriad things that go into formulating a strategy. Great managers are able to go, okay, now that I know what we need to do and why, let me get the resources together and marshal the team so that they can focus on the how we're going to get this done. So the distinction between management and leadership, I think, needs to be clear from the beginning. And once you've got that, now we're able to start building this, this, this culture within the organization.
1: Elizabeth heard a story about someone hiring a sales leader for their company, but all that person wanted to do was create the vision and direction and not manage the team, when what they really needed was someone to make sure the sales team was following the process it of course ended up being an epic failure. I
0: think to, to me in, in that particular case without knowing any of the, the nuances and, and the context and the backstory, but, but really it sounds like, you know, to be blunt, uh, a failure in leadership. <laughs> Ironically enough, right? It was a failure in leadership from that VP of sales leader. So what do I mean by that? There, there clearly seemed to be a lack of clarity between what the organization needed and wanted and who they hired for that role. So there was was some sort of a miscommunication there. There was a misalignment. Well, so look, in my experience working with sales leaders and organizations around the world, the number one role of a leader is to clearly communicate the objectives and goals. Okay? It's not the responsibility of the recipient. It's not the responsibility of that new hire, that VP of sales who was getting onboarded. It's not their responsibility to understand. It's rather the responsibility of those who recruited that individual to clearly communicate and make sure that the scope of work, the expectations were clearly understood. If one's looking for, look, if I'm being being vetted for a role VP of sales. Come on, VP, that screams str- strategy all over it. Mm-hmm. Not execution in the trenches. So, my gosh, let's give this guy a poor break that, you know, God forbid he thought that he would actually be more of a leader than, you know, boots on the ground manager for a VP of sales role. I mean, come on, guys, right? So, but but now to your point, I think you're 100% right that You know it's not necessarily one or the other of course when you're in a strategic role you still do have to manage people you still have to manage projects but now if they got very clear on what exactly they wanted that VP of sales to do then perhaps a better equipped VP might say okay look my strength is in strategy and goal setting and planning maybe I need to hire someone to work on my team that I'm able to delegate the day-to-day management function to that person, right? And so to me, that's how you set yourself up best to win because clearly how much does it cost to, to hire an onboard a VP of sales? A lot, to have them there for a month or two and it's a failure, that's a shame. That's a, that's a failure in leadership at the highest level.
1: What are some of the best practices you've seen around hiring a VP of sales? versus a sales manager.
0: You know, uh, you know, a lot of companies, especially startups some smaller companies, they wanna grow up too soon, right? They wanna be bigger. They're like, oh, we need a VP of sales. It's like, well, wait a minute. Um, if you're a startup, if you're a smaller company, maybe the founder the CEO or the managing director, whatever their title is, guess what? You are also the VP of sales, okay? You are the de facto VP of sales. Now what it sounds like you really need is someone to execute on the ground to manage the day-to-day operations. So look, you know, to me, every sales leader is being looked at for, if you're in a sales leadership role, your team is looking to you for guidance, direction, and coaching, all right? Those are the three things that a team needs from any sales leader, guidance, direction, and coaching. And there's one thing that they absolutely must do to become a great sales coach for their team, is to become a visionary. I mean, what's your vision for the department or the organization? What are your objectives as far as sales volume, sales revenue, profitability, return on investment, market penetration, market share, etc., cetera, et cetera. You need to be very specific and set some guidelines and deadlines. That is sales leadership.
1: With all of these sales tools and technology available today, we're seeing teams with huge tech stacks, but the team doesn't know how to use it. So money is wasted and the wrong information is still going out. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, that's, that's
0: a wonderful question. And I think, you know, now more, more than ever, so in this particular period that we're going through right now, the tech stack for sales reps has, uh, has grown, right? It's grown and, it, and it's changed. And, and to be quite honest, I mean, you and I were, were chatting uh, off camera. I mean, it's, it's not going to change anytime soon. I've been telling people do not, do not try to to get through this in the short term and try to survive the short term. You need to be thinking about how can we succeed in the long term? I mean, how do we set up our organizations to to, to win in the long term? So to your question about the the, the tech stack, so there's a few things that that any sales organization needs. Uh, For example, make sure that you're using LinkedIn as a minimum, right? So sales teams need to be using social media platforms. If you're in B2B sales in particular, make sure that your team is very active on LinkedIn and using it for prospecting, for for researching customers and and for nurturing leads for those that aren't yet ready to buy. So LinkedIn is part of that stack. Uh, Slack, for example, for communicating and sharing and collaborating with your team. So Slack is a wonderful platform that we use and you can set up all these different channels uh, based on certain topics and you invite the right people to the right channels. It's a wonderful tool. So I love Slack. So teams need to be good at LinkedIn. They need to be great at, at Slack. Using uh, mobile messaging apps like WhatsApp, for example, is really great for sending quick messages, either voice recordings or video recordings um, uh, to your prospects and customers. So you've got to be great on WhatsApp or or Lime or WeChat or Telegram. I mean, these are some really popular uh, mobile messaging apps in our part of the world here in, in APAC. Uh, Calendly, for example, for scheduling meetings with people. So you've got to be familiar with how to use that tool and setting up different calendars with different criteria and blocking off dates and sending out reminders and all of this. That is really great for uh, reducing and, you know, eliminating... The, the, the constant back and forth between you and your prospects and customers to try to book a time. I mean, so much time is wasted. If you can make it easy for a customer to say, hey, how about tomorrow at 10? Or if you wanna find a better time, just click the link here, boom, done. So Calendly is great. Uh, now more than ever, using platforms like Zoom, uh, GoToMeeting, uh, BlueJeans, uh, Microsoft Teams. So using these types of online platforms for online meetings, you've got to be super comfortable on video now. Uh, Google Docs or Dropbox for document delivery and collaboration, so sharing files. You've got, to have, uh, you've got to have that set up and be comfortable with finding things and sharing things. And then finally, I would say, you know, uh, last but not least, your CRM, right? Your customer relationship <laughs> management.
1: I was wondering when
0: that was going to come in. Well, I saved the best for last. So, you know, your CRM, so whether you're using Salesforce or Zoho or or uh, any, you know, any Microsoft Dynamics, whatever you're using, make sure you're using it. And people ask me all the time, hey, Tom, what's the best CRM platform? I say, good question. The answer is the one that your team actually uses. All right. At the end of the day, they're all great. They all have some great bells and whistles and some limitations and some elements of customization. But don't get fixated on that. Just make sure that you've got buy-in to use the CRM at the highest levels. Show your reps how they actually can save time and close more deals faster by entering uh, their notes in there and and next follow-up action items and and setting reminders and tasks and staying on top of things. So, my God, from, from social media to Slack to WhatsApp to Calendly to Zoom to Google Docs and CRMs, that's a really huge technology stack for reps to have to be proficient in. So times have changed. It's rarely the tool. I mean, so that's what I was talking about around the CRM platform. It's not a problem with the tool. The tools are there. The problem's not the, the, the tool. The problem is the people. It's always us humans <laughs> that tend to mess everything up. We're either not using something or we're not using it properly or we're using the wrong one. So it's, again, it comes down to a, um, a failure in, in communication at, at, at every level. And, and it's always surprising at how, you know, a lot of us get it wrong. But, you know, look, it, it just comes down to a few very simple things. And this is at the, at the highest levels. And, and I, 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 I mentioned this, you know, uh, a, a couple minutes ago. So really it's about getting clarity. Start from there. So a leader needs to think about, how will I be held accountable at the end of the day? So I'm putting myself in the shoes of that poor VP of sales, right? (laughs) So for that VP of sales and for any sales leaders and managers on this, you know, listening in right now, it's about how will I be appraised at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year? What is that criteria by which I will be measured? All right. That's, That's where it all starts. So have a a conversation with your boss, with your leader, with your manager around, you know, hey boss, how will I know that I'm doing a good job? Just a very simple question. How will I know, tangibly, that I'm doing a good job? So here are some examples of how you would know you're doing a good job. Uh, Has revenue gone up, (laughs) okay? So, So set some revenue goals, set some revenue targets. Now those revenue targets need to be broken down. It's not just, okay, we want to increase by X amount, but it could be increased by X amount by product. So are there certain products that strategically you want to focus on versus others? Are there certain markets that you want to go into more than others? So man, this is where strategy comes in, and this is how it's different from a manager who makes sure that these things are happening, but they're not necessarily responsible for what is the strategic direction for this organization. And that's got to happen at the highest levels. Absolutely. What does the CEO want to do? Absolutely. Are we going into a new country? Are we going into a new, um, a new market, a new vertical? Are we bringing a, a new product to market to existing customers and or new customers? So to me, it's just about having crystal clarity around what are the revenue goals? Um, what are the sales volume goals? So maybe you're less interested in revenue and more interested in Um, getting our product out to market, right? Maybe that's your strategy for this year or this quarter. And it's just like, no, we just need X number of users on this platform, or we just need to get, you know, X number of products in the hands of consumers, right? Or we just, we're looking for logos right now. So client acquisition, new logos, that's our goal. And I don't care, you know, what it costs to get them. I want those people in our portfolio. Maybe that's your strategy. But you can see right here that, man, and this is where I get so excited, the strategy, the objectives that you set then need to filter down into the day-to-day operations and execution, right? So the, the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. Uh, do you have goals around profitability? So maybe it's not about you know, revenue per se, or, or pro, but it's like, hey, some products have a higher margin than others. So for this quarter or this year, or this half year, uh, let's focus on product X versus Y because it's more profitable. So there's just a number of things that you could do. Market penetration, um, uh, all these kind of things. So to me, these are the objective criteria and that's the starting point. And then from there, you start breaking that down to smaller bite sized more tangible, day-to-day operational goals. Well, I think there's a, a number of different types of leaders, right? I mean, you've got everything from your, you know, authoritarian leader, which is kind of like, you know, my way or the highway. Uh, there's kind of more democratic leaders who are like, hey, you know, team, what do you think? What, 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 where, where should we go from here and what's going on with you guys? And there's some pluses and minuses for all of that. You got your transactional leaders. Uh, some are more strategic, but then you've got what are known as transformational leaders. And these transformational leaders, they, they, they transform their, their staff's thinking and they inspire them with a sense of purpose and excitement. Now more than ever, we need transformational leaders. We need sales leaders that are able to motivate, inspire, uplift, uh, appease, console, right? We need leaders that are able to, to make people feel good right now, okay? We can't have leaders that are like, hey, you know, uh, it's my way or the highway, these are the numbers, you know, if you hit them, great, if you don't, you're out. I mean, there has to be some sensitivity whether it's quota relief and what does that look like? Okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying drop it down to, to nothing indefinitely, but what does quota relief look like, for example? Um, do you adjust your sales strategy a little bit? Do you adjust your messaging as you're reaching out to customers? So there's, a, there's, there's so many things that, that need to happen to, to adjust the way your reps are selling right now. And for me, it comes right from the top. It's what's that leader like? So for example, uh, on our team, we got a small team of people. We're about seven or eight people spread across the region and, in fact, the world. We got reps in the Philippines, Singapore, uh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we always, we're always collaborating on Slack and then we, we're always having Zoom calls. Like every day, we're touching base and making sure that I'm accessible, that I can be reached. All right. So, as the director of the company, I can be reached. Uh, I always want to check in, how's everybody doing, and the number one thing I ask my team every single day is two questions. Number one, do you know what your objectives are? Okay. Do you know what you're supposed to do? All right, what are the top three things you're focusing on today? Do you know what your objectives are? So that's number one. And then number two, do you have the resources to meet those objectives? Do you have everything you need to meet those objectives? If you do and you told me that you do, it's on you, all right? Have at it, go for it. If you don't have all the resources you need, it's your responsibility to tell me what you need and I will give you what you need to sell. So in this context, where you've got a lot of people working from home and we we just went through this, this software stack, we didn't even touch on the hardware stack. Okay? That's a whole other thing which we don't have time to get into. But look, you know, how's your internet connection? Is it hardwired? How fast is it? Pay more for faster speed and whether your company does it or you do it as a rep, what's going to help you sell, all right? Do you have the, the laptop, the computing power you need? Do you have cameras? Do you have some lighting so that you look good? Do you have a nice background so that you appear credible and professional on these video calls with prospects? So this is all the, 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 the hardware stuff that you need. So you've got to ask your team, do you know what you're supposed to do? And do you have everything you need to get that done? And there has to be an element of warmth, caring, compassion for your team, reassurance. Gosh, so many people right now, businesses are closing down, people are getting laid off, people are um, asking, being asked to work a shorter, you know, fewer hours and taking cuts in pay. I can tell you and I'm super grateful that with our team even through all of this nonsense and we had a hard February, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but we, we 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 never we never had to lay anybody off. No one got laid off, no one got fired, no one was asked to work less hours, no one's taken less pay. We are busier than ever. We started having a nice recovery in April. April was almost uh, back to where we were before the situation. May was better than that and June we've already exceeded our, our May revenue and we're only, you know, at the date of this recording here, we're the 23rd or 24th June. So we're, we're back to crushing it and I'm very excited and we've had to do a lot of things but that, that, that comes down to really good leadership and reassuring your team. That hey, we're all in this together, we're not going anywhere, and let's, let's all, like we told everyone, look, you're all in sales right now, okay? Each and every one of you, I don't care what your role is, you're now supporting the sales team because revenue is number one. So that was a strategic decision that we made, and it, and it paid off for us. So you got to be a transformational leader, rally your troops, get them inspired, get them feeling hopeful, hopeful. That we're going to get out of this together i hope that helps and thanks so much everyone and happy leadership if you want to go deep into implementing social selling we have a brand new social selling course coming out shortly on our e-learning platform soco academy check the link in the show notes for more details about the course